0: He's making me What's time I the think they kill i keep a fire lose a living I gotta go faster Keep up the pace Just
1: to stay in my human race I could go supersonic The problem's chronic Tell me does life exist beyond it When I need to say I just accelerate Into a way the end Into a yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Buenos nachos amigos Welcome to Record Breakers, the fun podcast of music times goodness, where I put my finger in your face. I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me is always my crew. And then we've got Brett. Hola,
3: me Huey.
2: <laughs> we've got Patrick. Hey. And we've got Drew.
1: That joke only plays to the video uh, watchers. Yep. It ain't well a done, joke,
2: Brett. it's a lifestyle
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of beating <laughs> <her> around <laughs> the <my> bush <laughs> Like, you know it, We want to Hold off on doing Huey Lewis in the news Well, too bad I am Huey Lewis yes. You guys are the news
2: yes. uh, Hand me my saxophone the, uh, the news is that we're talking about music Once again uh, And the provider said music this week Is none other than Patrick Patrick, what do you got for us this week?
0: Uh, I brought a double album because uh, double albums are sometimes fun. Liz Fair's Exile in Guyville.
2: Yes. Uh, interesting album to say the least. Uh, I'll start with Huey. I mean, Brett. Uh, Brett, what were your expectations coming into this album?
3: Well, uh, <laughs> I never listened to Liz Fair. Um, I didn't really have access to this kind of music in like 93. Um, you know, it, the music. By the time that music was easily discoverable, like somewhere other than radio or TV, uh, I was a teenager looking for exactly the opposite of of girl rock. Um, and uh, you know, this is this is another one of those times where uh, we we get to spread some musical bondo to fill my uh, my musical low spots. Um, you know, it's uh, this is this is definitely something that I have never turned the steering wheel into
2: Mm -hmm. uh drew what what expectations did you have coming into this album
1: um well i had some expectations unlike brett like i kind of knew uh what liz fair is about but it's never something like i've dived really deep into i know it's been something that for a while has been very much uh liked by critics we'll say she has been one of those People in rock music that has just sort of cemented her place. Um, and so having not really, really dived into it, mostly hearing what you hear on regular rotation on rock radio and stuff like that, I was excited to sort of get into more meaty parts of what Liz Fair was. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Patrick, how would you how would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes elements that make up this record?
0: Um, so it, it's from 1993, but it's not, it, it's more on the indie side of 1993 than the, uh, uh, alternative grunge side of 1993. Uh, it's a little bit on the lo-fi side, mostly cause it was a debut recorded for a few thousand dollars, you know, on, on an indie label before like indie labels became fairly large. Uh, the whole, like it's, it's sort of vaguely a concept record. In that uh, essentially at the time, Liz Fair uh, had some conversation with with a with someone uh, uh, about making music and they and they were listening to Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. And he goes, well, why don't you just make that? And she took it seriously. And like conceptually, it was a like song by song reply to the Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street Uh, musically. It's it's super jangly guitars uh, Liz Fair is uh, not the most powerful of singers, but she has kind of a unique, interesting voice and uh, really lyrically goes into a lot of topics that at the time were still a little taboo for a girl to talk about. I mean, very much writes songs about sex in the way guys have been allowed to write songs about sex since the 70s uh, in popular music, but really women didn't start doing it until around this era when, when you had Liz fair on one side and sort of the riot girl thing going on about the same time.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Brett would be the themes that almost caught your attention.
3: Well, this, this is an album of a, a, it's like a, 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 a stranger bearing themselves to you. Uh, it's very heavy on poetry. Um, this isn't the, the, definitely not a, a a an album where you're going to see technical prowess in the instrumentation um the lyrics and the vocals are definitely put up on the top the punch comes from the message not necessarily the groove um vocally it, it this is the sound of 90s all rock lady um it's uh, it's unpolished sometimes off pitch um it's definitely uh um a rough cut but you know with purpose i don't i don't think that it was that there's anything that's taken away from it if it if this was more polished up it would probably lose a little bit of what it's trying to get at um it's it's a long album um if uh you know if if you listen to it once that'll uh kill a good hour of your time but uh I don't think that there's there's too much that when we get to breaking down the songs there there are some very different ways that the instrumentation works. Um, there there are some very interesting things that I forgot that they used to do in popular music that uh, there there's no sprowing. Uh there's there's no like cowbell thing but there there are some little things that really like wow the the, the there was a time when people didn't do certain things all the time there there are some very 90s tropes um this this isn't like a an angry at the world strum album um but uh the, it does sort of have that strum rock uh not quite we, we were talking about Lilith Fair before we started this podcast it's not quite uh, Lilith Fair strum rock but uh it, it's got some of that going on but uh, it's definitely 90s
2: yeah uh 90s as fuck uh true what would be the themes and elements that caught your attention
1: well first off going through this record um made me realize why maybe like when you hear critics talk about liz ferrets in a very good light um they the songs are well uh thought out well made and catchy um for the budget that they had they were also pretty well produced um and piece together. Like it's like I said, for the budget. Um was an indie label in Chicago. There wasn't much of a budget. But for what they had, um if you know how recording works and the time period they were working in, it sounds pretty uh solid, I would say. Um and it's it's something that I think is cool also because that stripped down sort of lo fi rock and roll sound it wasn't trying to be like this multi-genre, like multifaceted sort of thing. It was just sort of a rock and roll record, a lower key uh, most times and lower five most times, but a rock and roll record. Um, there was parts I read that she wanted, she really pushed to have like a fuller sound to it. And I think that really is probably a better choice because it makes it a little more interesting. Um, at times and like pat said at a similar time you had the riot girl notion right you had the were a bunch of punk rock chicks and we're gonna do punk rock things and like it was very brash and very bold look to it you had liz fair doing something that was like yeah no i'm going to be a girl. And I'm going to sing about these things that guys have been allowed to sing about. And I'm going to have a stiff upper lip and I'm going to look at you with a bit of a snarl and a bit down my nose. But at the same time, she could still be like a, in my opinion, a like sort of face of like the girl rock thing. She was a good looking woman. Um, and she never let herself play the damsel in distress. Like she never let herself play down to that. She was like, no, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to poke the bear. And I think that's kind of cool. Pat also said it was supposed supposed to be a track by track answer. And I didn't have time uh, with work and stuff in the way. I didn't have time to go track by track and look at it. But I'm actually kind of interested to see how that would have played out. Um, Because that sounds like a cool idea. Is to have a call and response
0: years later. Yeah, that like is just it, there. It, like that's it, cool. It, it's some of the songs are more obvious than others. Like six foot one, uh, and I, I'm not. I hate the Rolling Stones. I'm. I'm like. I don't know why. Oh, no. I, I don't it's like entirely irrational. Stones, okay. So I, I don't really care. But I like. I've also like uh, about two years ago or two and a half years ago, this album hit its twentieth anniversary, and there were a shit ton of articles about it. And there was a really good article talking about how how this sort of fit into uh, fit into, you know, some of the songs are more obviously answers. And it was just basically someone put the idea in her head and she got obsessed with the idea of making making an answer. And it, it may be not lyrically an answer, but very much the the pacing of the songs and the the sort of way way she, you know, the way the tracks were ordered came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I
3: ain't mad at the Rolling Stones. are you mad at the Rolling Stones?
0: I ain't mad at the Rolling Stones either. Right, let's go listen my to the hate, My Stones. hate, like many things, is totally irrational. I, I probably I would don't. enjoy them more if I didn't, if I didn't know of the Rolling Stones as the old fucked up men that they are now, and I only knew of the Rolling Stones in like the 60s and 70s. But, but
3: listener, sort of listener out there, I'm talking to you. There have been times that Patrick has brought music that he loves. And there have been times that Patrick has talked about music he dislikes. Make your own thoughts, opinions.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're
2: all
3: wrong.
0: I'm probably yeah. wrong.
2: And I am too. Yeah, yeah. We're all wrong. Um, so, let's talk about some of the key tracks. Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks to zero in on uh, for this album?
0: So, so it being a double album, it's got like 18 tracks and not all of them are my favorite, but some of them I think are really, really strong. Uh, The first one I'd probably talk about is Dance of the Seven Veils. I feel like that's the, the first like really, really great track on this record. Um, And it's, it's very, it's one of, one of the things I really like about this album and her style is the songs are usually a little, her vocals are a little bit delicate. They're not, you know, this is not, uh, you know, screaming bikini kill riot girl stuff. This is like delicately sung, but the lyrics are real. Like they have teeth, they're biting. They're not, they're very rarely nice. Like it's, it's very, uh, there's a lot of unhappiness that got rolled into this record. And then the track that follows that never said, which I think was one of the singles, um, the vocal harmonies are spot on and, and, it really works. Uh, there's a little guitar lick in the chorus that it, it's one of those things that gets really repetitive in a really good way and kind of pushes the song. And just the way this song opens after after how kind of like some of the dark stuff that starts the record, it's like really kind of happy sounding, in, in, at least in terms of the the music. Uh, and then probably my favorite song on the record, and I probably everybody's favorite song who's into this record fucking run. Uh, It's just a brutal fucking song about, about kind of like this, you know, young woman struggling with, with basically just wanting to have a normal boyfriend and not just some guy who, who runs out and, you know, she wants more out of a relationship than she's getting, but it's not like, it's not sung in a nice way. It's called fucking run. Like it is, like it is, it is just, you know, basically giving up and, and feeling like, like everything's fucked up. And it's, it's very dark. And I, I love the way it ends. And then, uh, Flower, where Liz Fair talks about some real ass shit. And, uh, for every, uh, Led Zeppelin song about fucking, uh, she answered with a song called Flower, which is basically this weird little spoken word thing about wanting to fuck some guy's brains out. And it's, and in 1993 not a lot of girls were singing about that and now it's it's a lot you know this whether whether people now cite this is the reason they can say like women can sing about their sexuality in a more frank manner they 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 should know that a lot of that freedom what a lot of that ground was broken on that on this record and specifically that song
2: uh brett what would be some of the key tracks for you what what caught your attention all right, let's
3: crack into this nut. All right, uh, six foot one, the opening track. Um, it it is a, a it's a, a strumming guitar track that, that that has slightly overdriven, but it has like that 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 boss chorus pedal that everybody purchased in when they were in the in the nineties and put on there, and it's it's got that nice chorus sound to it. Uh, the vocals are slightly rough. Um, there's even that like there's the affected vibrato tone of the singing. Um that was a little off. Um, but it it, it can be charming. Um uh that, that track opened up and I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um uh, I can't Huey Lewis can't beat these. Uh um no, never said. This is this is one of the few songs from this album that I remember seeing. Like, I don't know if it was like a karaoke night or an open stage somewhere. I, I've heard this song in my travels. Um, it's a very well put together out of song and it, it being one of the singles, I imagine that, uh, this is a, a track that brought a lot of people to Sam Goody to buy the album. Um, uh, fucking run is a 1990s, uh, four chord strum song about being afraid of becoming a, a, a lonely old maid. um, the, those songs are rare on the record breakers. Um, we'll mark that down uh, on our, on our checklist. Um, and, rare. Uh, uh, yeah, this is very rare. It's like achievement, like a little, little, uh, modern warfare to comes up. Um, and, uh, Johnny sunshine, uh, it is a gritty triplet feel layer track. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to get into one of those, but, uh, yeah, I, if this uh yeah uh there are a lot of these songs that uh wouldn't have been released on a major record label though which uh bro- breaking ground for for women to sing songs like this probably record labels going not being a thing um but yeah somehow this uh this album has a lot of different things going on um it talks about the schnoo schnoo which is like kind of blasé um but yeah, uh, the, it was the '90s. I was a child. I don't know what things were like when I was a child, so <laughs> I want to hear what Drew has to say because he was even mo a child.
1: Yeah, uh, Drew. What would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with six for one. Um, I said stiff upper lip, and this song sort of has that in spades. Um, she pushes right off the bat with that sort of tonality to who she sort of wants to build herself as who she is and what she's going to be about, especially like on this record. It's you, you got to lead off with something strong. I'm always down for that. For some reason, the tone and the lyrics in this song, for some reason made me want to hear a Billy Idol cover of it. And I'm not a hundred percent sure why maybe it's the, Simple rock tone, maybe it's the sneer and the fist that it like that tonality has to it, but whatever it was, I'm definitely down um I'm gonna go with girls, girls, girls next um again, uh, it's that snarl um that I love, and it's the song was dark, it was brooding, and like it was cool, and it's one of those songs where you can sort of hear an artist, especially on like a debut record, like a big debut record, you can you kind of have to decide as an artist like what you want to be in like the points you want to get across at a certain point you want to every artist has something to say it's how they say it and what they want to say about it right and this sort of tone is in my opinion her like doing the stand-up thing of like look like girls are seen a lot as the also ran in rock and roll. And I'm not going to allow that to happen to I me. And I'm cool with that again, something that I I totally hold with it, Bob, as a wise man would say. Um, and then I'm going to point out dance of the seven veils. Um, one, because the reference puts her art degree to work, which I think is brilliant. Um, dance of the seven veils is specifically a, uh, dance that is supposed to be an interpretation of, uh, biblical verse and I forget what biblical verse it is. I believe it's John the Baptist specifically um, where the lyrics sort of stem from there but it's sort of a simple slow song um, but in my opinion like the lyrics sort of play this more brooding tone once you realize it's the John the Baptist story and it's sort of playing off of that in a way. And I think that's really cool when you get decapitated and have your head put on a platter. <laughs> All of a sudden that song takes a way different lyrical tone when you, Oh,
2: yeah,
1: Oh, <laughs> and, like, I think that's cool. Like anytime, like you can hide meaning in a song and then like layer that in, like as a poet, I'm super cool with that sort of shit. Mm
2: -hmm. Old Salome Doing a little two-step I pulled up the Wikipedia article Uh, Yes, some of the cool tracks And we kind of bring it back around the horn uh, To get some conclusive thoughts Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts On this album as a whole?
3: Uh, This is is an album That is, uh, hey, it's Jaime Um, This is an album That is voyeuristic uh, in quality and slightly, uh, uncomfortable. Um, uh, the, everybody, uh, we got a cameo appearance from senior science. I love that man. Um, just, <laughs> Uh, that completely derailed me. I'm sorry. I just love it being a dad about things. Uh, there's a place in music for albums like these. Um, unfortunately that place is not in my musical rotation. Um, I, you know, it might've hit me a little harder if I listened to this back in the day, but like this, this really, I, I can't take myself back to, you know, buying a single and then going and paying like 35 bucks for a CD or some shit. Um, you know, that's not that's not this album's fault. It's just it's been a long 20 some years. Um, but uh, if you're looking for an album that, that has a message and it's one of those on the list of important uh, Huey Lewis do like little quotations with his fingers um, albums. <laughs> um, this is this is one of them. Uh, it, it 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 ain't garbage.
1: Uh no she doesn't have red hair.
3: Um, but it's a, uh, it, it's, it's definitely rough around the edges. If you're into this kind of stuff, definitely go into it. There's, you know, even if you don't care about lyrics or message, there's, it's still got that nineties nostalgia. Just like th- This is how indie music was made back then. You can kind of go back and be like, wow, this is what was happening when people weren't doing grunge and grunge was about ready to die.
1: Indie used to mean independent music that was made on a shoestring budget. Imagine
3: it wasn't a genre. It was like you were. It an was independent a, it musician.
1: Was, it was what you were doing. Like you were yeah. an indie artist making a punk rock album or an indie artist making a rock and roll album. We Drew, let's just like artist.
3: derail this podcast for indie rock. Let me tell you, no, <laughs>
1: look, I hate modern indie rock. I can go on for like, the, look. Do we want to do episode whatever point five of Liz Fair, Exile, and Guyville of us just ranting about modern indie rock? Because I'll go into it. Let's. Hey, go you deep. know what? The parallels
3: <laughs> 1993 grunge and uh, 2016 indie rock—they're probably headed the same direction. So just wait around five years, okay. and you'll have dubstep again or something yeah or
2: something who's else. got the shotgun That's, um we'll never know but Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album
1: uh, on this album um this is this is constantly in lists of like albums of all time whether it be like 100 200 like whatever right this is always in some sort of list there is the critics will always point this album and to his fair in general as being something important uh in music and there's a reason for it um so like i said it there's she she has a bravado to her um that is not super common period um let alone in women quote unquote right like and it's it's sort of weird to say right. Nowadays, there's a lot of like just women doing different music, but like it wasn't that long ago that like you were if you were a chick doing rock and roll music, you were seen as an also ran. You weren't taken as seriously. And there was a seat change that let that be okay. And this was part of that because, yeah, it was an indie album. Yeah, it was made on a shoestring budget and the fidelity is not great. Yeah. But. It was made in a smart way. It was well put together. It was catchy. And it was done with a snarl and an attitude of someone who was going to be taken seriously. And that, to me, is worth the price of admission.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, that is for sure. I think that pretty much uh, gives a good, uh, shoot, uh, gives a good uh, summation on it. Uh, Patrick. What would be your thoughts at the end uh, of the whole album as a whole?
0: Uh, So this is one of those albums that like when they do all time, greatest records list, it's on most of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was, it's considered one of the best albums in 1993. And that's, that was a year when music was like good stuff happened. Like in that era, Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it was an album, they made it for three grand. This was at a time when being an independent artist, not to use the, the IE word, uh, meant you sold, if you sold 20,000 records as, as an independent artist, it was enormous. And this record, this sold 200,000 in 1993 on an album they made for, you know, a couple of thousand bucks, you know, using spare studio time because the people involved really wanted to see it get made. The shame of Liz Fair is that not, she never, ever came close to matching this again. I mean, she has a couple more records, she went on to have a fairly lucrative career making music for tv and stuff but like we never not we never got a follow up to Exile island guyville that really matched matched its brilliance and and how how well it came out and you know to me that really sucks cuz this is one of those all time great records and and I think I think it's it's required listening as a music fan because it did break a lot of ground. It it's I think it stands on its own as a decent record, and uh, yeah, people should go listen to it. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh yeah, it is a it is a fascinating, really interesting album that kind of uh, sets up a lot of cool things and uh, does it really well. Um, all right, those are our thoughts on Liz Fair, Exile Guy Guyville. Uh, we're going to get to the main events of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. Clap for me, everybody. Yeah! Imaginary audience. Uh, Round of applause. <laughs> I'm
3: doing stuff, too, but you can't see it.
2: Yeah, you're, oh, you're doing underneath the camera. Not on podcast.
3: That's right. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, but I'm, there,
2: I was only going to go downhill from there. Yeah, you're clapping underneath the camera. You're going to do it on camera. Uh, I don't see your leather jacket rustling. Uh, We're going to our haiku reviews sum it all up in poetic form. Uh, Let's see. Who's going to start? I'll start with Drew. Drew, what is your haiku?
1: One of the icons. Girl rock with a catchy hook and a pretty face.
2: Uh, Brett? What is your haiku?
1: Powerful,
3: damaged, spilling it out for display, uncomfortable.
2: Uh, This is my haiku. Uh, Exiled in Guyville is some good indie girl rock. That about says it. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lyrical fire. in in an ambitious debut fighting girl rock
2: that about says it uh well well if you will Uh, that about says it for uh, uh, our thoughts on Exiled in Guyville Uh, Liz Fair Uh, go check it out on our Spotify playlist you can play along with Record Breakers the home game uh, I got to double check and make sure I, I have it, uh, that updated, uh, which I might not. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but hopefully I will. On that Spotify playlist, where you will also find next week's album, and that will be brought to you by Brett. Brett, what is next week's album? What do you got for us next week?
3: We're going to keep rolling on with the girl rock. Um, next week, we're going to bring uh, an album by uh, two less attractive women, um no we're listening to uh, they might be giants album lincoln um yeah two guys and elisa's drum machine and a little bit of fun
2: yeah yeah uh so look forward to that uh but that's it for us you can of course find us all over the internet patrick is at swagger brett is at Drew is the next Rex. I'm a PD Rave. The show is at Four Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers. RecordBreakersPodcast.com, RecordBreakersPodcast@gmail.com, youtubecom Uh iTunes, Stitcher, all the places, uh, PocketCasts, Audio. Podcasts are found. Uh, Savoir faire is everywhere. Mon frère. Until next time. Yosemite cat or cat was it <laughs> entre vous all of you condy cat until next time also as well
0: as.
3: Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.
2: So warfare is everywhere.